All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, we uh, are, uh, wow, it's only 10 after, man. I don't think we've been this close to 7 o'clock in a long time. I, mean, I would love to make a comment about it, but. Well, I know, but I wasn't ready to talk to you yet. Okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I don't think you did. Oh, I got the wrong one. So. I'm not surprised that you picked the wrong button. <laughs> Uh, hi, everybody. It's uh, Monday night, 7 o'clock. That means it's time for the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Johnny Torres, uh, your host as always. Thank you so much for whenever, wherever you may be watching from. Um, we uh, are uh, getting ready to have a great show for you tonight. We have a lot of uh, great topics. We have great guests and uh, certainly uh, lots of insight for you, for you in regards to the news and politics of the week. So let's go ahead and uh, run down our topics, okay? As I said, we got a special guest. We'll introduce him in just a moment. Also, DeSantis has the best week ever as he scores a three-peat in a special session uh, last week. We'll kind of break that down. Um, um, and, uh, and then we're also going to get into uh, Elon Musk and his purchase with $44 billion of the social media platform, Twitter, uh, which uh, I'm sure that conversation is going to be fun, given that uh, our special guest uh, has uh, probably been on Twitter as long as I have. So um, that uh, that should be fun. And then uh, ours, uh, we'll go to our senior foreign correspondent, Anibal David Cabrera, for an update on Ukraine versus Russia uh, and uh, see how things continue to develop over there. All right. Uh, let's go and get, get started over to the table on my right on the far left uh is an evil david cabrera no the far i don't like that well it's my like, far right i don't I like that at all <laughs> on the far left is the far right an evil david cabrera <laughs> i feel really that disgusting better? saying that i'm on the far left <laughs> scoot in by the way you're like hugging the wall over there well i'm trying to hold it up oh <laughs> and joining me in the center for the first time in the uh, i think what it's been like three years of this podcast sure. um we have jamie miller how you been buddy i've been doing great thanks for having me man this is so awesome thank you for coming up all the way from San Sarasota. Um, that's that's truly an honor to have you up here and make that trip up here. Um, it's a short drive. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, you know we've had uh, you know we've talked to Joe a couple times in the show, and we've talked to Christian uh, Ziegler, who are the chair and, and vice chair of the Republican Party of Florida, uh, but they've never actually physically come to the podcast. <laughs> so you've got one we'll up. Have on to, them. We'll have to fix that. Yeah, yeah. So you've, some of the first Sarasotan on the live that's in right. studio. Yeah, yes, exactly. I will make sure they know that. We had a manatee. Rub it in, please. We had a manatee. We did have a manatee. Manatee person. doesn't count. <laughs> I completely agree with you, actually. That's a drive-by county. Yeah, too far from the interstate to the beach. Uh, exactly. Through county. What are you talking about? Well, uh, and uh, and I and I mentioned those names not only because they again are from uh, your uh, home county of Sarasota, but they also uh, are currently in the leadership of the Republican Party of Florida, which you were the uh, former executive director of. Yeah, sure was. Um, you know, I worked at the party for the majority of 1998, okay. went back a ways to uh, through 2003. Okay, cool. So part of the uh, the Jeb revolution, uh, we I started working at the party right after the House and Senate mm -hmm. takeover in the state. A lot of people in politics don't even remember when Democrats were in charge. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, I said True. we had- Not, I, not I, counting I talked, Charlie Crest. I talked with someone else <laughs> in Tallahassee this past week uh, when I was up in Tallahassee during the special session, and it was pretty amazing because it was, uh, you know, we have a whole group of political consultants and candidates who have never really had to deal with 
Democrats in charge of the state. Yeah. And so. Nor uh, do we ever want to. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. It was bad enough when the old pork choppers had it, right? Like yeah. The, uh, but well, they don't know how good they have it. I mean, you know, we've got some guys out there that are screaming like, you know, like we aren't far enough to the right. And, uh, you know, again, they don't know how good they've had it for, you know, the past, what has right. it been now, 12? It's been a lot uh, of, well, it's. Uh, 16 years? Yeah, it's been 98 since we've controlled yeah. all three wow. branches. So. That's amazing. That was math real quick. Twenty four well, years. Well, give us you know, give us a little <laughs> bit of perspective. Math on the spot, you know, Johnny, like, is, what are you doing yeah. to me? I'm sorry. He doesn't <laughs> know like taking, It's like taking an SAT. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, Dude, and I'm the worst in, guest. in math. Be nice. <laughs> so give us a, give us a little perspective. What have you seen as maybe the biggest differences? You know, from then till now, uh, because uh, again, you know, we're riding on the coattails of the Jeb Bush uh, uh, era governorship of Florida, uh, which led to, you know, again, oh, this conservative stronghold. Yeah, without without question, it's been uh, the ability for every activist to, to have their own audience. You know, uh, uh, from a um, formal standpoint, I think the Citizens United case is probably the biggest thing that happened in politics in the United States. Really, if you want to talk about the business of politics in the past 25 years, um, which allowed corporations and rich people to basically have their own political parties. Yeah. And so, uh, so it, that led to kind of the failure of the infrastructure of both major political parties that you kind of see now where they don't, they don't have the same strength within their own parties as they used to, which, which I think is one of the reasons why we've led, to, not that you wanted to go here, but uh, led to the division we're seeing in this portion of our history right now is because in the past, the political parties would grab somebody, you know, the, the Democrats would grab an AOC or the Republicans would grab a Matt Gates just to name two people, not to pick on people, but to name two people yeah. that are, people are familiar with. And they'd be like, okay, you, you've had your piece, calm down, let's get back let's let's kind of get right. back to working across the aisle and pushing legislation well now you have groups that really just um go straight to you know kind of this negativity well, to gain press well and again you know for you know and i've had these conversations with people who you know claim to be ardent supporters of the constitution and it's like well they forget that the constitution itself was devised by compromise sure. and they forget that that's kind of how our entire governmental system exists is through compromise and that's not to say that you know one side should bend further over you know than the without other question right um but the truth of the matter is that nothing gets done without both sides coming to the table and for one side to try to have complete power isn't good for anybody well and i think over the last um, and it's happened on both sides the aisle uh, from a presidential standpoint it's governing by executive order right rather than working with congress and and i don't know that that's going to be a long-term good um way for for our system to hold up right uh because you you start passing kind of laws that last three or four years yeah. or eight years and then they're no longer laws when the next group comes in and well and you're just cutting out, them away and you're so cutting it's not out the, the right people. way to do right. it right and so well you're yeah, cutting you're, out the people's voice right you're, which you're, is the legislature yeah absolutely you so, know, so whether it's the governor or whether it's the president if they're if they're governing by executive orders you know that's it's not truly an entity that's being governed by the people right i agree with you and yeah. so it's um you know, so those are two big changes over mm -hmm. the last, let's say, 25 years. Sure. 
Um, well, and give me I've a been little... involved professionally since 94, so it's All right. been a little while. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, never a dull moment. You know, I've had my fair share of kind of every side of the tables, like I, I like to tell people, short of running for office myself. Um, <laughs> but I remember coming down for one of the last events before Trump announced his candidacy in 2016. Yes. Um, which is the only one that really matters, right? Because all the others were, you know, were, were, were kind of, you know, the, the stunts, if you will, you know. And so I was one of those people that when I went and he was flirting with it, I'm like, ah, oh, he's just Josh. And you're like, he's just, you know, this is just Trump just trying and to two get Two weeks everybody. later, he came down the elevator, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So to give me a little I bit of. I actually did advance for uh, Mr. Trump at the time. Sure. Oh, really? um, for that event. And as you know, Joe was the. Uh, uh, chairman and I was Joe's vice chairman in Sarasota County. Yeah, it was for the about statement of the years. year award, right? And so, yeah, he, mm -hmm. he, uh, they gave him the statesman of the year. I was working uh, at a, a job outside of politics, but I, I volunteered to go and do that um, for Mr. Trump's campaign. Actually, had about forty minutes with him and Corey uh, backstage. Wow! So it was a very uh, interesting. So Corey was already involved at that point. It was. It was basically uh, just Corey and the communications. Okay. Her name's escaping me right now, but it's yeah. kind of those two. And then there were a not couple. Not Kaylee. No. Because um, um, this was on the campaign side. Yeah. 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 So it was. Uh, so he was running a real small shop. They were. Mm -hmm. um, and he actually offered me a job that night. And I was like, kind of like you, I was like, well, what for? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so by the time it kind of came down to, you know, I never formally worked for him, but yeah. um, had a well, very I mean, interesting conversation with him backstage. I tell people good. I'm very transparent about the whole thing, you know, because, uh, you know, it will be one of the things I never forget. An evil night, you know, in Ybor City in a pizza shop, you know, at three o'clock in the morning waiting for the results to come in. And I, until it was officially announced, I did not believe it was going to happen. The yeah. entire room was completely quiet just waiting so you, for the results. I figured, I was like, the Clintons are going to figure something out. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to figure some way to, to, he, to, he, to uh, scoop this. The one, one part of the conversation that I had, had with him was, I, I convinced him. I don't know that this is exactly true, but the Simpsons way back is, you know, the, the cartoon yeah. predicted his presidential coming down the elevator. And as far as I know, in the press, I was only, I was the second. And I, in 2011 in variety magazine of all places, I was quoted as saying that Donald Trump could beat uh, then president Obama because of his celebrity. Sure. And that's what really kind of led to the 40 minute conversation I had with him. Like, wow. I'm like, I think I, and he's like, well, you should have brought the article. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really think ahead <laughs> on that one. I get him autograph it, but no, yeah. it didn't happen. So, um, but yeah, well, and, and, and you know, and again, it's, it's you know, you've been active uh, as again much longer even than I have, and and it's one of the reasons you know that we've connected over the years, and certainly one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show oh, for you. for quite some time is you know to you know give your insight and give you your experience into kind of how all these things have come about, and, and and certainly with today's climate, you know where are we headed, where are these things going, and uh, uh, you know again, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Well, and it's interesting, Twitter, you know, you're, you're speaking about. The DeSantis yeah. and Twitter, and we there's an argument that we wouldn't have DeSantis without Twitter. Well, it might be, so and be, it might even be that you and I wouldn't know each other if not for Twitter. I mean, that's, you probably, know, that's, a, possible, that's a real possibility. A lot of the people that I know politically throughout the state, I would initially meet through Twitter, right? Until eventually, you know, I would come around to that part of the state for an event or something, right. and, and then be like, "Oh, you're so and so," and yeah. then, you know, and you kind of hit it off from there. But you feel like you've known each other because you'd been going back and forth right. on Twitter for so long. Yeah. 
Yeah, Fortunately, so, we didn't have the arguments. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we were um, always in violent agreement, me right. and Johnny. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and, and again, I mean, it, just to think about, you know, everything that's transpired since, you know, I got involved and Twitter has come about. I mean, we saw, again, uh, um, Charlie Chris, you know, in his evolution. And then sure. we saw, uh, you know, the rise of Marco Rubio and then Governor Scott and, you know, and, you know now Governor DeSantis, you know, certainly never a dull woman in Florida politics. It is not. It is not. And, uh, you know, we came so close to Andrew Gillum. Uh, people forget that mm-hmm. that was just a few thousand votes and um just what a devastating uh four years we would have had under him i I can't even imagine given everything that's going on uh what what the state would look like in in that kind of a situation um uh so but let's go ahead and jump into you know our first topic i'll I'll follow yeah which is uh governor desantis who we were just talking about uh you know the desantis three-peat i'm calling it uh because uh he called a special session in last week uh of course a lot of people were coming in initially because they needed to address the homeowner's insurance issue which again was not uh handled during uh the regular session something that typically would be handled during general session but uh it was not but certainly it continues to be a a dire issue uh, year after year here in the state of florida especially as we see more insurance companies refusing to write policies uh property insurance policies here in the state of florida and then uh, i think it was a day or two before the session started he amended it to add uh the discussion or the vote of of uh, repealing disney's um governance uh exemption and uh and and so of course the special session got really interesting in addition to the fact that we knew that there was going to be uh the introduction of the congressional maps that he himself uh, oversaw uh and so those three items really came to a head at this special session um and they all worked out in his favor i mean we saw um you know they obviously addressed you know as well as they could the property insurance issue um again no silver bullet there to kind of fix that whole problem but uh then we saw the disney lose their special governance tax uh exemption uh, and that's going to be We'll get into that in a second because that that that's a pretty robust issue and the congressional maps were approved you know by the legislature i haven't seen an official challenge legally but we did see a demonstration by the democrats in the legislature uh they they put up a big fuss they did kind of a sit-in protest um so let, let's kind of start in in the order we just talked about um you know, again, the property insurance issue, I, I don't know how closely you follow that, but I mean, again, they're, they're, it's just, it's Florida, right? And I think it's always going to be tough to get insurance companies you know, to commit to writing policies. Well, here. the devil's in the details, uh, like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, with property insurance, we've gone through this happened a long, this happened a while ago in Pasco County with sinkholes, you know, right. where you had a lot of, um, I don't want to say fraud, but but it was fraudulent type activity, you know, because fraud's illegal. And I don't think people went yeah. to jail for it, but right. very close. And then, you know, we, we went through this period where people would lose a shingle in a, a small thunderstorm, and then they call on their 27-year-old roof and say, oh, I lost a shingle, and get the whole roof replaced. Sure. And so... You know, so there were there's really some protections that probably need to be put in place for some insurance companies. Um, I'm not an insurance expert. I don't try to pretend to be one. 
uh, I like to consider myself a political expert. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's crazy enough. Well, but, it, it, uh, it's funny but though. But it how is. I think there are. I think there are some reasonable things that can happen. I know that with. Um, you know, a lot of condos are, are facing issues, especially with citizens insurance, uh, which is the state run government last insurance of last resort, right. where especially people with Airbnbs and things like that, they are having, uh, they're now qualifying these condos as commercial properties instead of residential properties. Oh, wow. And so you end up with, you know, instead of the residential property, the, the homeowners being Fifty thousand dollars a year. It's four or five hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. So it. So there's little things like that that I think probably need to be looked at in a more fair way. And like I said, right. I'm kind of edging around. Well, the we topic saw that I we really saw, am not that not, not an expert at. Well, from the insurance side, I mean, we saw a similar response with Uber, right, in the ride sharing. Yeah. Where you know the, the insurance companies basically had to scramble to come up with a specific type of coverage for those that were using their vehicles for ride sharing, sure. you know, to ensure not only the vehicle itself and the driver, People. but now this other person, rider, yeah. you know, who is not a family member. It's not, you know, someone who, you know, uh, would, wouldn't traditionally be in the car. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, again, it, it's, I would hope, you know, continues to be in the right direction, but, you know, in talking to Michael Beltran, who was here with us on the last show, our state representative, uh, in, in these parts, you know, he says that, you know, these insurance companies will say, well, hey, if you guys do this, this and that, it'll fix it. And then they go and do X, Y, and Z, and it doesn't fix it, you know? And so that's the other challenge that they seem to be having with that. Right. I, th You know, it's always the devils in the details, yeah, right? And right. so it's, sure. um, you know, I'm, I would, um, I do think that in most of these things, there is a, a, a reasonable compromise. Mm -hmm. that that can come i'm not the person to present that to your audience yeah, yeah, yeah. in that in this particular and there are one. so many people moving into the state of florida that i think we're just going to continue to see more issues arise as more people are moving and more different layers and different labels when it comes to housing in general so i think that's really going to be an issue well you know you start looking at things like you know little housing it's and some people you know uh, I worked three years with the Economic Development Corporation. Of course, affordable housing is a big issue everywhere in Florida. Or yep. mm -hmm. Really, any place people want to be, right? You know, so they're having these problems all over. But you know, you can you can start talking about things like shared yards or shared parking or or those types of things for single family units. But then you run into insurance, like oh, yeah. a kid gets hurt because they ran into right. a plant that who somebody else, uh, yeah. right. So who's, who's really responsible for that bougainvillea that the kid ran into <laughs> after his football, you know, I've been there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I brought that one out from personal experience yeah. as well, Johnny. My so. grandma had a huge one, like right yeah. outside and like literally where you had to come in to get to her front door. So, I mean, it's like, if she didn't keep it up, I mean, you just get the thorns and the scratches. I mean, well, either, I had a hide and seek situation it. in dark where oh, it was no. kind of <laughs> running full blast. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, I think we're going to continue to see, especially like looking in Tampa, because we live here in Tampa, that the it's no longer a typical normal residential one unit, a single family kind of dwelling. If you live in South Tampa, you live in the core, you're now having to, to figure out what to do with so many more people moving into the city. Well, and having to deal with like now houses being building like mother-in-law suites in the back to be able to rent those and like people are those, renting rooms out oh, to other people and so then sure. you get into uh, those some neighborhoods that's almost fifteen hundred dollars for a one one it's getting yeah. ridiculous now right so you having more intimate knowledge uh, about the legislature you know and uh and, and certainly party operations and 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 
and as we were just talking about corporations and the impact that they have on elections let's get into the disney thing okay uh, because right now disney's on nobody's happy list um other than maybe the people who are out there spending thousands of dollars in the parks um democrats my are, granddaughters they're on my granddaughter's <laughs> happy list don't take that away that's from right them. well my daughter too i mean she's six i mean she loves yeah, it like, I mean, even now even if they are on the naughty list people are still going even though they're yeah, upset and they're still right. they're wearing the shirts my granddaughter say, lives yeah. in colorado she comes in she's getting a hundred dollar little dress and we're marching <laughs> right over there yeah right so that's the reality no and, it is and, and and the truth to be told is is the boycott politics never works and uh, you know uh rarely does it work let me not say never because it has worked in some occasions um but it rarely works uh especially with a company as large as disney um but they are getting heat from both sides here in florida um so, uh, you know and even in california they had a huge protest outside the corporate offices um and so when we kind of let's tackle this kind of a you know from the timeline standpoint uh when the parental bill rights passed all of a sudden uh bob chapek the ceo says well we're gonna stop all political funding um in florida you know what give us a little bit of an idea of what kind of an impact that has yeah i mean you know when i was executive director there were three or four companies that and and disney was one of them where you know, if you couldn't make payroll, you could make a call and say, hey, listen, I need $25,000 to cover payroll. Wow. And they've been that type of company and that type of friend to the Republican Party. And I think you could bring in executive director after executive director after executive director that would have a who would have a similar experience as I've had with sure. with that and a few other companies who when the chips were down, they would they'd pony up yeah they'd come in yeah and so uh so it's really tough to watch right it's tough to watch disney going through this internal struggle of who they're going to be and who their audience is going to be mm -hmm. so that's kind of um really tough and you know i kind of felt that you know the governor won the argument and then uh the ceo kind of um was trying to save face to keep employees from walking out right. and, and from quitting. Yeah. And so then that, that then led, well, I'll let you, but that, I think that then kind of led to what we saw last week. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's what people were a little complex about because I saw the governor and we saw what he did and it was a win. Like a lot of people wanted it. A lot of people, a lot of Floridians wanted it. And then you had someone that doesn't live here from mm -hmm. California, make a, a very, interesting statement like they're going to stop fun they're going to stop donating but then they're also going to take on measures to combat legislation like this and so you're like oh, okay so are you coming after us or what's what's going on well i i still think and i don't know what their intention was i, yeah. I guess we'll see their intention yeah, the verbiage was very hostile the, the verbiage, i agree with you he was trying to keep face the, i don't his, think anybody disagrees with what the governor did you know oh, yeah. the the bill was something that uh, came to some legislators attention that things were happening in schools that they did not like mostly with older kids well that's the thing the polling showed that among voters among parents i mean the bill was actually really well received right and it should be and despite you know democrats hardest efforts to swing this into something it really was well, the democrats did a great job on messaging and we oh, took a little while right. to catch up to it right yeah. so so there's always that kind of give and take and i think there was a little bit of a misjudgment on how some of the public would see this bill after the democrats kind of kind of defined the, the messaging well and for so, so so once that that definition of the messaging came became don't say gay yeah then that, that's a hard place for people to say, well, I, 
you know, if, if so I'm what a, does that mean? If, what does it mean? What if I'm yeah. a gay teacher? What if I'm got a gay partner? What if I, yeah, the verbiage was you know, a little, or a gay was, parent, the verbiage is very ambiguous. I will say that I think it needs to be cleaned up a little bit. I think that's where a lot of people are harping well, about I, because it's, I, we all agree that if you are a gay teacher and you have to have a picture of your spouse on the, on the, on your table, that's not going to cause a violation because right. it's not instructional. Like I think, well, that's I, the think problem. That, I think the whole, right. and I've, this may not be the word that's in the bill, but my recollection is the word curriculum, right? So yeah, instructional instructional curriculum. Yeah, and that's so what I think people are. If it's are, part of instruction, that means you have to sit down and define it. You teach correct. it to the entire class, correct. and what they're saying is these things shouldn't be taught. Which to is what New Jersey ended up actually yeah. doing. Yes, right. like literally implementing LGBTQ curriculum for first and second graders. Right. And, and in Florida, we've decided that that's not okay. Yeah. And so, and I personally believe the governor's right in saying that's not okay. The legislature's right. You know, picking a fight with Disney very publicly. Um, but we you know, you pick, started talking about fundraising and corporate fundraising. We didn't pick the fight. The, the, the Disney is the one that picked the fight. Well, the fight was over. <laughs> and so. That is true. And so, you know. Sun Tzu would say, give your <laughs> opponent an honorable retreat, right? Correct. And so that is that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so if you want to be, I'm going to side with Sun Tzu. If you want to be president in sure, 24 or 26 or 28, then you kind of Well, because the governor could have just let Bob Chapek, you know, basically save face with the employees and just, you know, walk off into the sunset, you know, and, and not really made an issue out of it. Because really, it didn't change the legislation one way or the other. The legislation changed regardless. Now, unless, I mean, passed, unless the governor regardless. has had had a plan, which I'm not familiar if he did or not, that uh, Reedy Creek was something he didn't like and that he wanted to make something, he, he eventually wanted to, you know, disband that. Yeah. And if, if that was his plan from years ago, mm -hmm. it didn't seem like it was that well carried out. Like it, he did, and, it, it well, didn't no, happen, but never, you know, I don't, I've never heard anyone mention that there was a problem there or that they took well, issue and with I it. I was walking around the house and leader after leader, I won't use any names cause they're private conversations, but mm -hmm. um, leader after leader, especially in the state house was like, well, we're, we're letting Disney have a year to fix it. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Like what does right. fix it, what does fix it mean? Does that mean fix the board, what? does the board have to fire the CEO? Are yeah. are you asking them to stop production of movies? Are you asking that what what does fix it mean? Yeah. And and they will, when I pushed back on that, that's when the responses it? started getting a little weird. It's like, well, Disney shouldn't have gotten involved. They overstepped. I'm like, we we allow all these companies to be involved in politics. They all yeah. have lobbyists. They right. all have a, a voice. Uh, and there's been a, some criticism. A constitutionally protected voice, by the way. Yeah, and there's been some criticism that this, you know, that you know, Republicans typically have not used legislation as a form of retaliation for politics. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough, you know, if that's the way people want to define what happened. I mean, yeah. I you could argue that that's what happened. I'm not sure that. Like I said, I'm not sure where the governor and well, his staff's minds were right. because if, if, it, if they were just kind of using the don't say gay to reach a goal that they wanted to have and they didn't know how to get anyway, yeah. then he made a brilliant strategic decision to make Reedy Creek part of the issue, right? Because that was my other question in regards to, because, you know, to, to my understanding, you know, it seems like there's all this tax money that they were basically saving. 
um, you know, not paying into the state that now they will be having to pay something into the amount of about $200 million. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are saying that the state and the counties are actually going to end up spending more than that, you know, to provide the services that Disney was basically providing itself through the Reedy Creek services. So that's where it gets gray for me. And, and I wonder if maybe if that's the reason why this seems maybe more like a shot across the bow rather than, you know, because I would find it politically risky to then have to walk this whole thing back. Well, number one, walking it back with new legislative leaders. Yeah. You know, okay. So we're, the Senate president and Speaker of the House are going to change. Right. So you talk about dropping a steaming pile in somebody's yeah, lap. Right. You know, if you're asking them to walk it back, why is it their problem? Number yeah, one. Right. So, so you're assuming that. Number two, you're assuming the governor wants that to happen if, you know, if and when he gets reelected, mm -hmm. which I think most people agree that he will. And so you, you run into this is really kind of a, what kind of, where, where is this policy? How is it good policy? Right. And um, I'm not sure that it's bad policy. I'm not sure that it's good policy either. Yeah. You know, and uh, whether it's retribution or not would depend on what the governor's goals were or if it, if it really was. I mean, I, I think Disney, to your point, uh, I think that Disney will see it as retribution. If I'm the CEO sure. of Disney and, yeah. and I heard from my lobbyists that, the board that Disney has quote a year to fix it. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of think if I'm the chair, if I'm the CEO, that's maybe a target on my back. Yeah. And I don't think you became the CEO of Disney by being a wilting Daisy. Right. Well, well he, that, he was a wilting Daisy when they came to him, bending the knee to his woke employees. Well, that was it's the not thing. like they were going to have the entire Disney employment walk yeah. out. That wasn't happening. I think what happened is that he got spooked and that he thought that there needed to be some kind of comment made. And again, I think the hypocrisy of this whole thing is that you're talking about a company that has used sweatshops in the past. They have they're barely paying their employees correctly. I mean, the best thing that the governor could have done, actually, is allowed Disney to unionize. I think that would have been a much easier way to cause more harm than anything else. And so I, I, I was reading, I was reading articles today about how people are saying, well, Disney should move to Colorado. Disney's not moving. No, there's way <laughs> too many. Parts. They're not going They're anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So like, that's the problem. You have a captive, this is in California. And I think the CEO made it, tried to to smooth over things that his employees were, were talking about and it cost it cost him so it cost, the and, situation and i agree i agree with you but from a practical application standpoint you're talking about a multi-billion multinational company that that park is a small kind of a big part to us but a small part to their, of their overall business to their overall business yep. and they just went through COVID where they had to go through a crisis management process. What do we do if we can't open the park? Yeah. So they already have a plan in place that they probably spent millions of dollars on right. of their survival without the park just because of COVID. I'll say this. I highly Does doubt. Florida I have a plan for a, a, a post Disney? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Yes. I don't think so either. Do you either. really think that um, another Mecca like an Orlando or an Orange County in, Florida, in, in California is really going to thrive somewhere else that is not under snow half of the year? I mean, just the international travel alone. Yeah, but that's not a plan for Florida. No, that's a, but that's what I'm saying. The, I mean, look at look at look the, at what the, happened. Look at what happened when when the legislature repealed all the film incentives. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the economy, economy it all went to, it all went to Georgia. The economy yeah. suffered. 
I mean, tons of people lost their jobs. Right. You know, the housing prices, you know, uh, I won't say crashed, but they dropped. Um, and you had a, a huge economic vacuum um, that then, you know, went first went back to L.A. And then now has primarily moved back to Georgia. To Georgia. I will say this. I, I do agree with you that the move that the governor did wasn't the most thought through i would say because i had never heard of I, it may have been well. it, it just doesn't That's appear the, I, to have I, been. I just don't i never i don't remember ever hearing a conversation like that to begin with right. so i could understand that but i also understand where a ceo says like okay we're going to start doing things against the legislation i think that's when the the private company went too far in making those comments and again but the governor a, is trying to make himself much more national i look at this things. from a practical application oh, no. standpoint so Again, i don't there's, I, there's a, no there's, reason for us to have all these conversations there's not a tiger bay or a chamber of commerce meeting where a legislator a current legislator running for re-election says I didn't get my bill passed, but I'm going to take it again next year mm -hmm. right because there's something else that took priority or something else and so did the Disney CEO say anything really more than that it's like okay we didn't like that we're going to try to go out there and hire some lobbyists and change it but if, well, that if, if Republicans stay in charge of the governorship the, and the legislature, the House and Senate, they they know that he's he's kind of screaming into the wind, right? Well, no, and to give Correct. them, you know, to give them proper credit, he didn't say that they were going to completely stop all political donations forever going forward. They said that they were going to stop political donations for the time being, reevaluate how they were spending those dollars and then kind of look at how they were going to move forward. Um, you know, but, but it'll be real interesting if they have a real reevaluation and there's yeah. the, my fear is that there's a seismic political shift that we are in the midst of and we don't realize it Yep. because Disney and a few other corporations in Florida could switch sides and it changes the entire dynamic. Well, look at what the film industry has done to Georgia. Right. The film industry, I believe, is single-handedly turning Georgia blue. Um, Without question. You know, and, right. and so, you know, to validate what Enable was saying is, is that the public perception is that this was some sort of attack at Disney, you know, for, for, for coming at the governor. In fact, now this guy is biased. He works for an ABC affiliate, even though it's a, it's, it's a, the, the, they're an ABC affiliate, but the TV station's owned by another company. But still, ABC affiliate, which is owned by Disney, you know, so there's ties there, right? But he literally, and he wrote this really long Facebook post about, you know, what the fallout was going to be from all this. But he then ends it, he goes, he goes, the residents, by the way, had, their, had no say in this vote, no say in their property taxes going through the roof, which is his speculation. No desire to have their communities staring at financial ruin thanks to 72 hours of orchestrated revenge. You know, which I think is obviously a bit dramatic. Yeah, I, mean, I think that I think the governor probably could have done himself a lot of favors by um, instead of doing this from a legislative process, putting it on as a constitutional amendment and saying and taking those powers away or that were grandfathered in through a constitutional amendment, put it on the ballot. Or being November, diplomatic about it and 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 let voters have a say on it. I'm. I, my guess is that it would go the way the governor wants just because the governor is so popular. He would have been seen as more of a, a man of the people versus the person here who's calling it a, an act of re revenge or an evil when you say that it, it appears to be retribution. Like I said, if, if, it was a, if it was part of his plan, he would have been, I think, a little, be a little better served to have shared that with more of the public prior yeah, to... Right. 
it looking like retribution. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, I think the because of the way it was handled, if they don't end up going through with it, you know, and end up giving them this kind of special governance back, you know, to Disney. Um, again, I think that's going to be kind of a big kind of, well, there's some, there are some things that there are some, um, things that Reedy Creek has like the ability to build a nuclear plant. Right. That's going to be taken away. Yeah. Like they're going to, they are going to take that back. Sure. So, th so there's some of those things that are, part but of the legislation credit, I mean, that will not be I, I do not believe will be drawn back no but to their credit like they're building solar plant solar panel uh solar farms all over their property which you know that's a great thing you know and and so i think i, I mean were they ever going to really build a nuclear power plant probably not but i think the yeah. fact that they even have the ability to do that also when it comes to impact fees they don't have the same restrictions as other parks in the in the orlando area yeah does they have to deal with the environmental impacts they have to deal with that kind of train when disney can just do it themselves because they have i think yes they have way too much power to begin with in that region yes so i think that needs to be curtailed back and again let's see what it's going to really look like well, and so much has changed right yeah in they're celebrating their 50th anniversary for sure you know so much that's why changed. they ain't going nowhere <laughs> right by the way i tend to agree with you but what, what fun is a podcast without a little bit of disagreement well like ben shapiro <laughs> like ben shapiro this said a, i mean this is a six flags let's all calm down <laughs> well like ben shapiro said i mean these aren't transformers out there that can you know basically pack themselves up and but move I think, away i think the important um, thing is i think that what your what your audience feels probably is that you know we are these things these decisions aren't made in a vacuum right and so and i think from a republican standpoint there's a lot of i think a good number of people who are like wow this was made people feel like this decision was made in a vacuum and now hopefully we haven't created an enemy out of a former friend right. and um and hopefully those the relationship can at some point um you know that that disney feels not good but great about staying in central florida that's what you want to do right like you want mm -hmm. people to want to be here you want to invite people here you want to you know we have the basically the busiest airport in the world yeah. over there yeah. and um, i don't well, think how many thousands, thousands we have, yeah i don't think we have to worry about people wanting to come yeah. to disney no how many thousands of businesses depend on disney just, yes. you know just just for merely existing yeah. they benefit from from disney i agree even, i agree that I they're, that's, they're not likely to yeah, go anywhere that's, but. that's such a high bar to point out so that someone actually removing i would say half a million but this it's one of the largest employers in the country in this in the state that's what i'm saying if you really wanted to hurt them on, when it comes to the bottom line you would let the staff unionize and allow that to happen now that's a whole different conversation with the whole which they have in california which they have in yeah. california and they the disney mouse tried very hard to ensure that did not happen and they they lost that war they actually their their ceo during that time actually had to resign because of it um i don't think that's the and that's why i was like i think that's just a threat that's not even there i well, want what, i want to say well, that they they donated to both political parties almost five million dollars last year when it came to um, public donations and so i don't i i doubt this is a long-term effect but again disney is trying to play into the game of politics and this is what happens when you play if, into if politics. disney wanted to get involved in 2022 in florida politics they could very easily upset the apple cart on what oh, yeah. was seen as a two weeks ago was seen as a wind at the republicans back mm -hmm. no-brainer 
you know, kind of a checkmark election. We're going to have these great new maps. We're going to elect some more Republican uh, members of Congress from Florida. And well, they could do some damage in the upcoming midterms and, and then in the, I don't in the know. re-election I don't, of the I'm government. I'm sorry. The, the polls show that the uh, Floridians enjoy, are very happy with this new bill. And they're very oh, happy. Yeah. I don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't have to make it about the bill. No, they that's make what I'm about. saying. That the Floridians are already happy about their governor. They're happy that the governor's pushing back with wokeness. That's the thing. Well, but if that's the looking, thing. The, the Disney's not going to come out and say, hey, here's all the candidates we're supporting. They're just going to funnel the money to those campaigns. I know, and you, won't, and you will be surprised that, that, the, that the governor will do a train around Disney and start talking about how they are purposely donating to these individuals to then get out just because we took away their, their, special, their special provisions. Again, this is, this is something that should not have been an issue Two weeks ago, this right. is something yeah. that we when I, were doing when I conduct, when I conduct polling, you know, we all like the horse race. Everybody likes the horse race numbers. Sure. The the press always reports on the horse race. But the thing that matters in polling is intensity. Mm-hmm. If you're not measuring intensity, and so what I've learned over my more than two decades now of of political polling is that once somebody wins an issue, that side is no longer motivated really by that issue. Right. So the governor won this issue. And so now he's motivated the opposition on an issue on which he's won. Yeah. And the intensity is, it doesn't matter the issue, doesn't right. matter the party. Right. When you win, one side becomes less intense about the issue and the other side has the ability to become more intense. And so, and by that, I mean, turnout, donations, yeah. all of those things. And so I, I felt like this was one of those moments where you won. Right. It's an election year. You're seven months away from a slam dunk election. You didn't need to do it. Yeah. You didn't yeah. need to do this at this moment in time. You could have still made the point next legislative yeah. session in time for the presidential race, in time for all these other things. Right. And well, and, 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 let me, and I'm not sure that it changed the current. No. But I think there's some. I think some political people who are looking at this thing objectively would say we took a complete wind in our sails wind at our back election yeah. and we turned the ship a little bit and does it, it turn completely all the way into the wind i doubt it because yeah. there's not enough time right but if but we're assuming that disney does nothing and right. they may they may do nothing i don't know what disney's going to do yeah. but if they decide to do something that still tilts the ship a little bit more into the wind regardless of what that is bring they it. decide to do a lot bring they can turn, it okay But what a lot of people also don't realize is Bob Chapek is under a lot of pressure. He's under a lot of heat because even before all of this, um, there was a huge petition by cast members all over the world who want to see him removed from office. They don't like the way he's leading the company. Uh, They don't like the direction that that he's been taking, you know, the company since he took over. Um, and, uh, and, And this just adds kind of more fuel to the fire. And I wonder if his response to all this was a way to try to win some of them back, you know, that has now backfired on him um you know but uh but the current disney employee the current disney universe especially among the theme parks is not happy with him at all and and i wonder if again that might have fueled some of his response to to this uh in general i you know i you know when you're dealing with 40 million dollar a year guys who are worth seven eight hundred million dollars yeah you know um my guess is they don't go quietly into the night yeah and so uh, whether that's internal or external or what it may be uh, my guess is that that disney will 
my guess is that they don't just sit on their hands and do nothing. But I think that's, well I think that's exactly what they might do, yeah. honestly, because they could. if you can't, if either decision is going to be detrimental, you're going to do it to where you're going to kind of probably piss off some of your employees. So I honestly think that Disney just is not going to do anything. They've seen what happened when they did weigh into politics and that's what's happening now. So I, I in my opinion, I don't think they're going to do anything. Let's, let's kind of close out the topic uh, here real quick with the uh, congressional district maps. Uh, we've looked at it kind of roughly, you know, here in our area. I mean, you know, could, uh, I feel it certainly has made, um, well, it's made Pinellas, um, pretty much almost a sure thing for, for Republicans, I think. Yeah. Um, Ana Polina Luna in, in what, 13? I think that's it. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Well, she's currently in the lead. I don't know, yeah. if she, you know, but um, she, she could implode her own campaign. But anyways, um, you also got, you know, 14, which is Caster's district, which now is looking more red leaning, you know, it's, it's blue. I mean, but it's it certainly kind of moves slightly more to the center, you know, to kind of make it a toss up. Any kind of big changes yeah, like that down in Sarasota? I mean, you guys are seemingly pretty safe. We down did there. not. We, you know, um, Vern Buchanan's district moved slightly north, so he's completely out of Sarasota County. Comes up now into a little bit more of Hillsborough, which he had Manatee and um, you know a little bit of Hillsborough, which was mostly. Uh, Sun City Center yep. type area, mm -hmm. and so I think he comes a little farther north and east. Is he um, going to be going against uh, Scott Franklin? No. Okay. Scott Franklin is no. That's uh, Scott 15, Franklin will be the the middle seat from okay. Lakeland. That's south. what I, was, I know that they. I'm looking at the maps now. So it so. would have been Greg Stubbe. Uh, yeah, seventeen will now be Greg Stubbe. Okay, Greg and then um, so is he 18? eighteen? Is Scott Franklin? Oh yes, my God, that's mm -hmm. all the way to the lake, to the the Great Lake. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a that's a it that's takes a big land. Of, well, Greg Stubbe had most of that land, yeah. and the, he kind of condensed it into Sarasota and maybe that little bit of Charlotte. I'm not sure if it has that Charlotte area in so, it or not. But so then, uh, so seventeen is looking pretty good. What are your thoughts of uh, fourteen, uh, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen? So 14, um, you'd have to tell me who's in each one of them. So that so 14 is Kathy Castor at the moment. Yes. That she's getting, that she in seasons of that one. And that's predominantly Tampa, but still, uh, downtown St. Pete. Right. So but that, I mean, my still, guess is that that's well, and it still, added, but it added this whole kind of West of 41 sliver. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's now includes. I you thought know, that district was still Riverview, like Ruskin, or something like Sun that. City. Was it that the majority of that county, yes. The majority of that district is is still mostly it's, yes. Democratic. But now you have uh, West Chase. You have West Shore. No, yeah, West Chase and all of the northern part of Hillsborough County, which is very Republican. Right. So, so I think that's Villaracus is what we're looking at here. And then he uh, loses. He loses uh, Tarpon Springs. Yeah, that's very weird that they that they took out Tarpon Springs from him. Yeah, but well, they wouldn't have that. I don't think they'd really care about that kind of a local. Yeah, but he does. That's his, I'm sure he that's does. His base. Yeah, but he's not going to run in 13 because of it. It would be my guess. Who that would be very would interesting if he run did in 13 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to Gosh. run in 13? There's, yeah, there's plenty too many people in 13. Yeah, and then so mm -hmm. yeah, so like mm -hmm. one of the big ones that are running in 14 right now is Jay Collins, who is um, a retired military man that's running for that as a Republican. And in 15, the big one in, in that race at the moment is Jackie Toledo, who was right. a, a House committee woman, a House representative, a Florida House representative um, at the moment. So it, I think these are the races we're, we're yeah, and at the moment. I think um, you know, and that's the one with Dennis Ross, the former congressman, yeah, just jumped in, yeah, and. Um, 
but it's interesting enough, his 15. former chief of he's, staff. He's going to be jumping into 15. 15, yeah. okay. And allegedly, yeah. we might get him on this podcast. Yeah, well, that'd yeah. be amazing. His former chief of staff, Fred Piccolo, is now running the race for Jackie Toledo. So oh, which okay. makes it a little bit of an interesting yeah. wrinkle uh, wow. Piccolo, in that Anthony, race. I thought Anthony Pettacini was helping. Yeah, so so there's, uh, there's Fred, Fred and Tom. Oh yeah, 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 Fred was announced I think today as her campaign manager and senior advisor. So, oh wow! Um, when she was running so house that, campaigns in Tallahassee, wasn't he? He was well. He was the governor's communications director, and he was communications over in uh, the speaker's office for two speakers. Okay. Okay. So, so then was it Tom that was running house campaigns? Yes. Okay. Got yeah. it. All right. Yeah. yeah again, kind of get those two mixed right. up. But, um, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, do you think that you know there's going to be? Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem to me, uh, at least for now, that there's going to be a viable legal challenge to these maps i mean they did yeah i mean i don't know that viable is a strong word yeah, because i don't know that you know when you look at these maps they are pretty condensed they are uh um, south florida is just just a hodgepodge but it's really not i mean it's no worse no, than, you can, see, they, the neighbor, a you can of, see the neighborhoods but they tried to get rid of a lot of these little strips and a lot there's, of these little yeah, there's 20 of 20 is quite interesting still yeah 20 there's a couple in there that are uh, but if you look at the map as a whole you know, the, the real, the real argument was the, the way it was Jacksonville. That was the, well, the real argument was, you know, that you took away an African-American majority district in North Florida. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but we kind of put that back into um, Val Deming's former district is is now a 40 percent district. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and that wasn't originally drawn, I don't think, as an African-American majority district, an African-American having to win it. And so, um, and then several of the districts around Orlando became much more uh, Hispanic majority. I think mm -hmm. the Darren yep. Soto district went from, you know, not necessarily a minority district to, I think it's maybe 60% now oh, yeah. Hispanic district. So if you think about how the practical application of Florida's growth and make, you know, maybe losing an African-American district but gain majority district and gaining a hispanic majority district right that might be indicative of what's really happening in florida yeah and, and we so, also and we also have the example of having african-americans in republican districts when in predominantly white districts so it's no longer that just because it's a white district you'll have a white representative no you have um our our friends yeah he is a african-american that's one in a major like a very majority uh caucasian district and so you don't you, the argument isn't there well anymore. jennifer carroll won in a in a white district jc watts mm -hmm. won in a white district i mean right. let's call this what it is yeah. it's gerrymandered for an african-american democrat Correct. yeah and right. so um and so they don't like that and yeah. even though the fair district amendment says that you cannot uh you cannot uh draw the districts based on party that's what exactly what an african-american majority district becomes is a sure. democrat district and with no chance of a republican ever winning it yeah and and so which has been own, the case here their own argument all the yeah. arguments they made for fair districts can be used against them correct right. for each one of these legal which arguments is why i don't think it's going to get challenged yeah well, i think it will get challenged yeah, i don't know right. that it'll, we'll see how far successful it's right yeah. mm -hmm. so some of the all comment right. sections that we're having um jay is out running uh, is out raising cassie cather thank you kim davison uh jackie is second in fundraising in her district at the moment in district 15 uh anthony is local so they're like so people are liking the fact that anthony is jumping onto that campaign and what was the other one I'm, I'm just gonna read it 
I'm not gonna. This is not my opinion, but boobs and hair everywhere in District 13. What? Boobs and hair in District 13. Oh God! <laughs> it's predominantly female um, candidates that are running in that district. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, Audrey Henson uh, got married over the weekend. Oh yeah! Congratulations. Great timing there. You know, running for <laughs> office, getting married. <laughs> It's a tough run. You know, it's, uh, but hey, congratulations to her. You know, they had to, it looked like a pretty nice, kind of low key, casual wedding ceremony, you know. And you know where it's at? Uh, what? Where was it at? No, I don't remember. I didn't get my invitation. Did yeah, you get an invitation? No. Okay. Um, you know, and then, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I mean, obviously, very drama filled early on. And some of that has calmed down a bit, but, you know, Amanda Mackey and uh, Anna Paulina Luna just pushing really, really hard. I haven't seen polling lately on kind of where those chips fall you know but i don't think anyone was doing polling until these lines got solidified they, now i'd heard for? a rumor and i'm going to throw this out there to see if maybe you heard oh, it boy look at his face hey, look, look, <laughs> look, look how happy he Christmas got this morning oh my goodness <laughs> well like, i heard if we can't speculate on this show then we can't speculate anywhere i had heard a juicy rumor well and, and this is one of the few people that i think would hear it even down in sarasota you know given that even though it's not you know again within your geographical area yeah but but i had heard that there was a possibility of a current speaker of the house <laughs> possibly jumping in that race yeah i mean i think that i mean i think that speculation has existed for some time now i mean so I, okay um, so you'd heard it yeah i don't know that that's obviously we haven't i don't seen know i don't know how like much of that is to a rumor or yeah. you know he's I mean, he certainly could. Everything publicly, I, you know. He does live in the, he lives in that district. If, yeah, of course. Um, if somebody has the ability to raise a lot of money quickly, my guess is that they could, and are they known? Yeah. My guess is they could be very competitive very quickly in that seat. Well, and the argument has been from a lot of people that that, that race needs an adult in the room. I you didn't know. say that. Uh, no, people did not say that. <laughs> but I've heard that. that from a lot of people. Given all the drama and the theatrics and the, you know, that don't worry about that. Um, well, I'm in the I'm in the business of talking to adults, so I'm going to end my <laughs> comments there. Yeah. Well, and and so honestly, I think that if that were to occur, I think yeah. I mean, it, to me, it seems like he would instantly kind of you know just suck all the air out of the room and and be the likely nominee uh, on the republican side in that race i think there are there are a couple people who could probably do that i don't think that the the people who are in that race are seen as unbeatable in no. a primary or you know i think i yeah, think that in the general the way it's I've drawn heard other it's very names. likely i've so, heard other names you know but none as strong as that one yeah that to me has been the strongest one I've heard. When is when is the last day? Is it is it May fifteenth? Is the last day for June? It really June. is June. I same as same as state qualifying. Same as state qualifying. I thought the petitions had to be in like mid May. Oh, your petitions maybe, but I'll, yeah, anybody yeah, running for Congress will pay. Yeah, they'll just yeah, start yeah, the check. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Let's uh, move on to a slightly, and I do mean only slightly less political uh, topic, which is the big news that Mister Elon Musk. Um, Mr. Iron Man himself has uh, shelled out forty-four billion dollars um, in uh, successful. What do you mean that's not true? The bid that he has put in is forty-four billion dollars. That's he himself, which has been accepted. He himself will be putting in about fifteen to twenty billion dollars. He's not putting in forty-four billion dollars, okay. but he's at, at, at the head of it. 
That's yeah. I mean, that's the dollar sign. That's that's the that's going to be the figure at the bottom of the check. Yeah. No, it will not be. It will well, with be other people's money. With other people's money. Yeah. Yes. No, but that's what I'm saying. He himself I mean, is putting in the price 15 tag. to twenty billion dollars. Right, but the price tag is a, forty-four a few billion here and there. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, between Still, friends. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. If it. I, it Regardless, if, if you can, <laughs> I love that you, you're here now. If you can, if you can motivate a couple of friends to meet your, you know, fifteen or twenty with another fifteen I mean, or twenty to save the republic, what are you going to do? That's, yeah. <laughs> Who knew our democracy was so dependent? Would you would you agree with that? If, if, if a man, if you have the money, and someone comes to you that's building rockets to the Mars and to the Moon, I'll chip in just to be in that room when well, things happen. Like safe that. to say, if I had any kind of money, I, I'd pretty much. I would trust Elon to do whatever he wants with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point. I mean, so $44 billion, um, you know, the valuation comes in at just above $53 a share. Which is the best um, price it's ever going to yeah, get. It, it, yeah, it hasn't been any <laughs> higher not, than that honestly, in years. I was going to say, like, isn't it like just 18 months ago that it was trading in the mid-50s? I don't think it was that long ago. Uh, it's ebbed and flowed. Mm. I mean, it's, um, you know, Nebel kind of looking and pull yeah. up the numbers but looking at it real quick. you're right i mean it's not it's not like it's, it's never not an been egregious it's no, not an no, egregious no, 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 overpayment is in my point no is, but is over time as the as the platform has failed to kind of evolve and has failed to increase in numbers it's kind of plateaued really um and has failed to address issues like fake accounts and you know and then of course all this uh, all the all these other dramas that that have you know transpired over well, these, the these so companies are going to have a hard real hard time you know as there becomes more competition in yeah. in the marketplace where you know you can have a forum on TikTok or or wherever right and where you can create your really kind of your own metaverse or you can mm -hmm. go on the metaverse and do that sort of thing even though it's in its infancy right you know you there's a, there's still enough avenues that when you it, it's it's an odd strategy for me to tell a user i want you to put content there mm -hmm. and then your content's not allowed right because people are, are only going to put up with that for so long before they decide to go somewhere else with their content yeah and so uh, well, I mean, you know, so like, what's the, you know, one person's great quote is another person's whatever sure, like illegal yeah. quote. Let's right. just call it illegal, you know. Yeah, and so um, well, and that's going to be the interesting part, you know, because obviously his intent supposedly is to really open this up as a free speech platform, and so does he then continue to abide by some of the boundaries that have been put in place by, let's say, uh, you know, Middle Eastern countries or China or, you know, some of these other where Twitter has really bent to the will of these governments to appease them, you know, so that they could operate in this country in these countries or is or are they going to keep some of those boundaries for the sake of operating in those countries and and maybe push the envelope a little bit to open it up um you know even though his obviously his primary target is the united states i think both i, I really think both i think a new first of all having a board that has that has only less than two percent of twitter stock in there to begin with means that you have a board that has no vested interest. So like you heard reports say, like just fire the entire board. The CEO of Twitter, uh, the current CEO of Twitter told employees on Monday that the future of the social media firm is uncertain and is in dark, is in, and is heading towards a dark path. So like- Well, that's he, coming from the guy who said that he didn't the, believe in the first amendment. Exactly, and he's about to lose his job. Like that's what needs to happen. I think, yeah. I think it got too technocratic. And I think if you're, if you're unwilling to 
make sure that the rules are applied evenly to all, then then it, it just creates chaos. And that's what it happened. That's what occurred. Well, people were you criticizing. Can't have, you can't kick out Trump yeah. and have the Ayatollah. Like, it still have his account. Yeah, that right. makes absolutely no sense. A man that's literally has been has thrown gay people off roofs. You still have him on the platform, but you're upset that Trump did something? No, that, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. And I think that is the only way. And I'm okay with it. People are like, oh, you shouldn't have billionaires buying these things. You have billionaires buying newspapers all day long. <laughs> that's it's, basically the American history. <laughs> One. I was gonna say, yeah. there used to be two newspapers in every town, <laughs> right? And you, you know, one was Democrat, one was Republican, yeah, based, right? You that's know, how basically, it so that's how it works. Um, well, we're just in a different, we're just in a different. And in the era. more, the more I become just learned about, you know, our American journalism, the more I realize that there's actually truly never been object, like genuine, pure objectivity. Um, you know, William Randolph Hearst, who again created the media as we know it today, basically started these platforms. The you know the, whether it was the news in the movie theaters, whether it was newspapers, whether it was television, whether it was radio, basically to serve his agenda. Well, and you know even Edward R. Murrow or Walter Cronkite, kind of the golden age of yeah. of news. Um, you know, was still they still added their own editorial content right you know later in life um walter they asked walter cronkite what's the number one news story you wish you, you had let on the air that you did not which means everybody knew that he was keeping stories <laughs> off the air <laughs> right and he said woodstock oh wow you know so um and so you know whether that that seems like an interesting event, but it's probably not the most important thing that he, probably yeah. the most, most culture type It was culturally event. symbolic. Culturally symbolic, But not for sure. really newsworthy, maybe, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Because so, again, people probably just saw it as a concert and they're like, okay, what's the whatever, big deal? A bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, sure. Bunch of whippersnappers. Kids, kids being kids. But I mean, you've been on Twitter. I mean, I've been on, literally, because Twitter will tell you, I've been on since April of 2007. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd have to you go know, look, but I was on. You were early on too. Yeah, I remember early. you being on really early and i long for those days like i remember when you could talk to celebrities and people uh, that and, that were out of reach and, and they were events. so accessible yeah you know they would actually respond to you and they would actually now there's obviously so much noise yeah that's the other thing but you know i remember yeah, i always getting like into, twitter i think twitter's greatest one of its greatest strengths is in times of calamity mm -hmm. um when scully landed the playing in the Hudson River, mm -hmm. I watched that on Twitter. It was the first yeah. live news event that I saw on Twitter, and you put hashtag plane crash, and you right. would just see people from New York, pictures from their office yeah. buildings of this plane before it even crashed. Right, like, right. And it was insane. Like, it was literally gives me chills to think about because that was kind of like the first... And that was one of the times where I was like, wow, this is a powerful, powerful platform. Well, I'm, and I, I just remember. Got lost. I got lost in just kind of everybody yelling. Yeah. Like, I like to be on Twitter during debates, as you know, and right. I live, I live lot, tweet yeah, the debates. The live tweets are amazing. And so, yeah. You know, and, um, but at the same time, like for me to go on on a Tuesday afternoon and <laughs> argue with people is not something I really want to do. I think that know? I think that's what took a lot of the fun out of Twitter. Again, I have never been on Twitter. I'm not. I'm, my wife only lets me use one social platform at a time, and it's Facebook, and that's all I'm going to go. She's a very smart woman, so I'm going to I'm going to abide by what she's asked me to do. But um, at one point, it was as high as 77. So 2021 was actually one of its best years ever, with a height of 77 dollars per share and then it just 
dived to about $35. Um, and this was during, I can't really see where it's at right now, but or, or in January, it was at $35. So it, it is, it has definitely, it's uh, one of its, so it hit its height under Trump and it's low yeah, after they yes. cut him off. It Jeez. was, it was <laughs> during that. the Trump right. administration. It was going high. It was going up and up and up, up. And then you could tell it's taking a dive. And I think people are just upset. And so there was an article today talking about how you had like the, and this is going to sound frivolous, but you had the Kardashians and they, and back in the day when you first got on, you would be able to enjoy the conversations. You could be able to tweet to different people and get it. And, but as their star and their universe expanded and grew, it got to a point to where you wake up, you have 50 comments, negative comments. Who wants to do that? Who wants to read through that yeah. every day? So might as well just get off of Twitter. And you've had that situation where people have gotten off Twitter because it just gets too negative. And I think what, what really needs to happen is that one, you kind of need to either get rid of the bots and to where you don't have that situation anymore. And people have to verify that they're an actual person. Once you have that scenario, I think it, it makes people more, they understand, okay, I, they recognize me as a person, so I need to be at least somewhat. And you're talking about spam bots because there are some Correct. bots that are actually useful, you know. But then you also have, for instance, there was the um, there was the account I think it was called Unusual Whales or something like that, that was actually tracking. They would post anytime a congressperson made a trade on mm -hmm. uh, the stock market, and so it would say Nancy Pelosi just traded blah 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 for this and that, and and, and then Twitter went and shut it down. Yeah. You know, so I, they got so invasive. You know that I think that began to turn a lot of people off, and and again, who stupidly like goes and bans their biggest client? I mean, right. Trump basically was the Twitter president, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and in fact, if you go and watch the, there's a documentary I think on Netflix one of the, uh, about him. Um, I think it's uh, Donald Trump, the American Dream, or something like that. He talks about Twitter being one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons he decided to run. You know, because he realized that when he would put out certain statements um, about, you know, agreeing or disagreeing with what was happening politically, the response was overwhelming and that people generally agreed with what he had to say. He felt that, okay, this might actually be a viable thing that I can pull off. Well, yeah. I go back to my comment that I, you know, said with Variety magazine. Yeah. You know, well, you know, we've always elected celebrities. We're yeah. sure. We have a long history of electing celebrities. <laughs> That's right. Especially if you include generals as celebrities, yes. right? Which yeah. they Well, back they in are, the, back you know, in the 20th so, century, that definitely was a thing. You, yeah. Ulysses said Grant. I mean, we really did yeah. elect military. Garfield yeah. was. Yeah. That yeah. was a big deal so back then. Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, you go through the, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, you're going to go through yeah. this list. And then, you know, you kind of had some celebrities. Roosevelt was a famous family in New York, right? right. So, um, the Kennedys, you know, I mean, the that's, Kennedys, those are, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, so we've, so it's not unusual that, okay, this celebrity, well, then he captures this audience and he was able to bypass and have more people kind of read and share and his ideas than yeah. watched his you know, a 30 second sound clip on ABC news nightly, Yeah, you know, so you're right. I think he realized that he could take his message directly to the American people. But, I, but I'm, I am excited to see what Elon's going to do with the platform. I mean, not even, not even just from the free speech standpoint, obviously I think that'll bring a lot of people back to the platform. Um, and again, I think that's part of what made it interesting is, is that you could find just about anybody and everybody on it. Now, again, I'm not saying that there are certain people that shouldn't be on the platform. Yeah. There's terrorist organizations and Tifa for one, you know, there's, you know, again, like the Ayatollah, you know, like there's certain people that you know, probably don't belong. You don't, 
don't don't belong on Twitter, um, you know, for the overall good of of, of the yeah, world. Yeah, but even then, there should be some level of however however they try to do it, whether that's a homeland security. You know, like okay, yeah. you've broken. You're, you're. I mean, if you're a head of state, if then you know, if you're not a, if if you're a threat to homeland security, right? Then there might be a role for that to for that to take place. But you I mean, know, Christ, but, like Putin's invading Russia, and he still has his Twitter account. Right. The man is committing genocide, literally. <laughs> right. and he still has a Twitter account. I mean, yeah. yeah but that's yeah, the, I think the hypocrisy, that's the hypocrisy is a big it. thing, and it has to it, that has to stop. So whatever whatever they decide to do, like like you said, is if you if you apply the the um the rules equally yeah yeah yeah. then it's like okay you know like i'd be be more involved because i i just don't want to go and i've never been shut down by any platform i don't know how but like i've never been shut down by any platform (laughs) but i I tend not to be mean you know i tend to encourage people talking and and if you come on my facebook all all my socials you saw it up on the screen is at rep jam that's where i am at all of them facebook.com slash rep jam everything's rep jam um so it's um you know so it's just uh i enjoy the conversations i enjoy the dialogue with people who disagree um but we we have to bring it around to some level of uh reasonableness yeah Yeah. i think that's what uh, that's what usually upsets so many people is when they cannot figure out why they're getting banned or why they're getting shadowed uh censored or why and when you don't make it even for everyone is when people start getting upset well and i have to lose you know i'm on facebook and i'm pretty sure i get shadow censored you know i've never been banned either because i I I wouldn't even know it i just know that when like i post something the 90 percent of the people who comment are people who just follow me yeah right you know so it's so it's not really oh three thousand people i'm taught you know that are friends of mine or yeah. whatever and um, it's a fraction of uh, you know literally it's just you know a few i think it's less it. than 10 percent. I, I think it's for me it's way less yeah, yeah. and way i think less. that's what upset a lot of people one or two percent what twitter had become was that it is technically the digital version of a times square of a times square of a town right. square yeah and that sounds great and that sounds awesome but when you start curtailing people censoring people is when people start getting upset the best idea should be given the opportunity to rise up and be able to be discussed and talked about the fact that we can't have an open discussion while people are getting so upset that it turns into violence is something that as a nation we need to start talking about and start thinking how we're going to move that forward but allowing twitter to become well, private it's bleeding into our it's bleeding into our our lives our real lives more where people are taking this screaming that they're doing on social media and applying it to their car yeah or they're applying it to you know in the grocery store or the restaurant and they start we start treating people you know, well, like I think the problem in the social media context versus, yeah. hey, this is a live person. Who right. The problem for many people, not so much us because we're involved in the process, but I found this one before I got involved. I'll tell you because this was kind of the escalation. I felt like I had all of this pent up like opinions and frustration and things that, you know, I didn't feel were being said, you know, and, and again, this is like super early social media. Um, and so then I started blogging about it. And that was a release and like, okay, so that kind of lets me air out. And then I realized that wasn't enough. Like I felt like, okay, like I just, I, I just felt like I had all of this energy that I had nowhere to release. And it wasn't until I got involved with the young Republicans, with the local Republican party, you know, that I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm actually accomplishing something. I feel like I'm actually helping to kind of move the needle here. And that's actually where I found my 
own political views and perspectives. Um, but I think for a lot of people, again, it's come to the point where now social media isn't enough. Like oh, they, it, it's and not nor, enough. And of, nor was it a, ever going to be of enough. an escape valve. I mean, now yeah. people say if you want to, if you want to give your the least amount of attention to something, tweet about it or like <laughs> right. or, or happy birthday on their Facebook page. Really, use my Facebook page just to tell me happy birthday. You can't just send me a text yeah. message or a call. Right. Speaking of which, happy birthday to Scott Levinson. Hey, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> our good friend Scott Levinson, who's running for county commission. Yeah, he um, turned sixty-seven today. He turns uh, eighty-seven. What? I think oh, it was like one hundred and twelve. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so just there uh, might have been dinosaurs. He better not around. be watching live, but um, no, he's not. He's already asleep. It's already eight o'clock. Oh, so that's what baby. happens. Yeah, they gave All him right. the pudding and he's done. <laughs> so some people are saying uh, that actually um, the hearse got America into the Spanish American War. I think about that. Uh, they were perfectly happy when the Washington Post was purchased by an oligarch. Really, um, the hearse actually was the one who structured the New Deal. Oh my gosh! He, that's he true. was he was the one that basically conceptualized it, and then Roosevelt was the one that kind of stole it and <laughs> and put it out there. Some are asking that: Do you think if uh, Elon Musk will share the algorithms, especially going backwards? I think that would be really cool to see if he does an open source. When he does that, it does great things. Like well, and I just I just want a, a free flowing timeline. I yeah, just, back to the old school free flowing timeline, the chronological timeline. Some are saying: Do you think that he'll start charging for um, tweets? No, I think there might be a there might be a different ads have to go somewhere. I mean, now that there'll private, be features, not, there may be yeah. features that get added on for uh, yeah. for a cost, but I don't think they're going to charge per tweet. Yeah. So th those were the questions that people were. Talking I mean, it about. still needs to make some money, even though that's not his objective, or he claims it still that's makes not, like four or five billion you know, dollars it's, a year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so you know. I think the business model will probably largely stay the same. Um, you know, but again, I think, you know, if he adds in one of the things, a lot of people on Twitter have always wanted is an edit button, you know, yes. and, and, you know, being able to go back and, you know, edit tweets. And obviously they would have to make sure to record those tweets. Well, you have that on Facebook for, now, like you can right. edit. And then if you really want, you could see what was edited. Yeah. And by, it's usually just spelling error. Well, me, it's spelling error. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully he'll, they'll kind of bring back some of the better things that they got away with. Yeah. That, they, that they did away with. Um, Interestingly, George Clooney has one of my favorite quotes, and it's about Twitter. Or my uh, probably my favorite quote by George Clooney is about Twitter. What's that? And it is, you know, they he wasn't on Twitter. I don't know if he's on Twitter now. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think he no. is. And they they were like, oh, you have to be on Twitter. This reporter's like, you have to be on Twitter. And it's like, why aren't you on Twitter? Well, I make twenty million dollars a movie. <laughs> would you risk that over some stupid? Sh That's you would right. say you, you yeah. would say at midnight after a bottle of wine. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So, yes, that's so true. That's right. You know, we've seen many a career uh, ruined uh, thanks to social media as well. Uh, all right, Anibal, going to our foreign senior senior foreign correspondent, Anibal David Cabrera, here with uh, our uh, Ukraine versus Russia update as we're running quite a bit over time. Uh, what's, uh, what's going on with uh, the situation over yonder? Uh, can I get, there we go. <laughs> Jeez, excuse me. Uh. As we enter, uh, thank you, madam. As we enter our second month of military actions when it comes to the Ukraine war at the moment of the northern aggression of the Russians. 
I just had to throw that in there. I saw that in a Twitter account. Uh, at the mo uh, as of today, uh, two additional generals in uh, the Donbass and the Odessa regions were killed um, from the <laughs> Russian side. I said those names correctly. Uh, that is a total of 10 Russian generals that have been killed in the last 30 days. Uh, as of uh, our internal sources that we do have actually in this war, uh, there's 10 left. <laughs> there's only, there's a, we started the war with 20 Russian generals. We are yeah. down to 10. Uh, this is the reason, so uh, this is also a big reason why they're having such difficulties when it comes to their supply lines. So at the moment, the secondary offensive is occurring in the eastern and southern parts of Ukraine. And uh, as of today, Polish heavy tanks and American heavy equipment were arriving into the Donbass regions. So, um, Putin made a comment earlier today that he is no longer interested in peace talks and you now see a full flooded um, uh, um, war going on in the, in the eastern regions. So let's see if the Russians are, or if the Ukrainians are able to hold out. But at the moment, the West is still holding on. I think a, a full cancellation of oil, uh, Russian oil and natural gas is probably going to happen. And you're seeing now that if we had a legitimate uh, gas and, and natural natural gas and oil, like concept as a nation um, we would be actually able to assist them a lot more um, about three weeks uh, three weeks into the administration a lng plant was canceled that was supposed to be built in pennsylvania that would have came online uh, a week ago wow. and so these are the things that people just don't understand that oh you can't just you can't just turn it on when you want this is a right. long-term uh, consequences that occur when you don't when you don't have an energy plan I, we want to go not we want to go to to zero carbon emissions well how do you do that with a uh, a 30 almost a 30 trillion dollar economy like that's impossible and so yeah. we're, we're seeing the ramifications now but again we are down to 10 generals in russia so let's see how more they can pick off all right, real quick, uh, our uh, producer, uh, Lindsay, shot me a great article here from Axios. Uh, here are all the things that Elon Musk wants to change about Twitter. So uh, an edit button, long-form tweets, which is nice because threads are annoying. Uh, <laughs> spam bots and authentication. Yeah, that's cool. Open source algorithm as you know, tweet deck, which I loved the original tweet deck. The tweet deck today is still okay, you know, but tweet deck was amazing. I used to have probably like 15 columns open. In fact, I don't know if you remember when David Jolly ran for Congress, mm -hmm. um, the reason I caught that kid who was destroying his yard signs was because of a tweet deck. I had a Twitter, uh, a, uh, I had a Twitter column running FL 13 as a hashtag. And the kid was stupid enough to post a picture of himself, uh, picking up and destroying his yard signs. Right. And, uh, yeah, I reported him to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, and the kid got spooked, shut off his Twitter account, <laughs> deleted it, just just went ghost. That uh, is very interesting. Ah, the yeah. open source algorithm. He yeah. is thinking of doing that, yeah. Content moderation. All right. So, you know, of course, there's got to be some some moderation. Um, and that looks about like that's about it. So uh, I think that's a great start. You know, I'd... I'd um, Unbiased uh, uh, hot seat question here. Now that we're done with our, I don't Ukraine. know why you get so <laughs> happy when you I do that. Because okay, <laughs> oh so your eyes light up everything. I'm like, oh my god, here it comes. Does do you believe the American public is still oh paying attention gosh. to what's happening in the Ukraine? Um, to some largely, to largely. some extent, I think to some extent, right. But you're saying like the interest is kind of waning, right? Yeah, would I agree. Just, would you, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, that's what we, we were kind of debating this. this it's point. not a debate. I think it was, again, it was like in the high 60s no, 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 no. of Americans. It's not whether or not Americans order. care. Yes, Americans if, care. If, a, if an American can point on a map where Ukraine is, that's like a lot right well, there. and i don't think that's happening i think well, it's just under belarus <laughs> <laughs> no when when the russians invaded georgia someone was like atlanta no not that georgia yeah. the other georgia that's right uh, also Wait, the, which st petersburg are we talking about also oh we have a lot of commies in st petersburg <laughs> um another thing is that the americans are going to open the embassy back up in kiev so like things are really starting to move yeah. diplomatically back into the back into the sway of yeah. the ukrainian my, my point was just that we tend to lose uh, we we tend to lose our our yeah, attention. Aaron, when it started, for, I think I think you're right. It people were expecting a 72 hour deal. Like yeah, you know, Putin's yeah. going to kind of roll That's his exactly tanks in, and and uh, you know, you know, I, I tell people that mm -hmm. Biden's foreign policy success is the bravery of the Ukrainian people. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and he's so, getting no credit for it either. But and I don't so know weird. that he deserves it. And I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's been tiptoeing around it, and he's allowing someone else to fight that battle. He certainly. He certainly. There's things that happen. I know in foreign policy that are not championed in Correct. in the press. So um, it did appear that he was late to the game for sure. It seems like after the United States got engaged, that there was. You know, I'm not a foreign policy expert either, but it seems like there were probably. Uh, some good things that happened, but yeah. we were really late to the game, and we'll see how it plays out. But that's I mean, also been just part of our <laughs> nature. I mean, that's that's historically been the case. Yeah, I well, mean, if you, in foreign policy terms, Americans are like Spanish people. Like we'll get we'll get there about forty five <laughs> minutes to an hour late. However, once we'll it's stay, hot and heavy, but we'll once stay the whole time. Heavy, we're going to stay the whole time, and we're going to close <laughs> it out. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and there's no telling what'll happen in between. Oh. <laughs> um, a lot uh, of coquito. Yeah, no kidding. All right, um, we want to go ahead and uh, start to bring the show in for a close. Thank you, everybody, for watching the Yard Sign, the most important, relevant podcast in Florida politics. Uh, Jamie Miller joining us tonight, along with an evil David Cabrera. Don't forget, if you haven't done so, uh, and usually I kind of drill this throughout the show, but we just had so much to cover. You can catch the audio version of our podcast on your favorite social. Uh, I'm sorry, on your favorite podcast platform uh, over at the Tech Overlords at Google. Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and Samsung podcast platforms. Uh, look for the yard sign. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, find the video version of this show on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. And uh, so look for those as well. Uh, we want to thank the community patriots uh, for their support. Uh, again, if you are one of these people just bursting at the seams because of what's happening politically, uh, both here in Hillsborough County, in Florida, in the United States, Go out there, get active, take part in your community, uh, take part in the upcoming elections. The community patrons doing an amazing job. They're a nonpartisan organization, um, but they are constitutionally founded uh, and uh, doing an incredible job of getting the community engaged. So uh, check them out at community-patriots.com, community-patriots.com. Um, one of their uh, leaders, uh, Kim Davis, who's been on the show before, actually has uh, given us the red alert on a lawsuit 
lawsuit uh, that's coming to Hillsborough County's school board about their redistricting. So keep uh, an eye on that as that's going to be hitting the news very soon uh, in a very big way. Uh, and uh, she's very much involved in the on the uh, education side of things. Uh, but again, uh, if you want to look for a place to get involved, Community Patriots, Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, uh, or maybe you want to start your own uh, Community Patriots, maybe down in Sarasota, uh, go to community-patriots.com. That's community-patriots.com. Uh, one last thing, Enable. The... <sighs> <laughs> just go Good job. the 2022 the 2022 mr. French, mayor where's my close-up french election i'm ready for my closest mr debris <laughs> had their presidential election with uh, uh emmanuel macron winning at 58.5 oh, yeah. percent macarons and, for everybody and maria i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> such a Pencils only, no Le Pens. Anyways, Maria Le Pen at 41.5. This is actually the closest margin they've ever had and the least amount of people voting in French in a French election. So the Le Pens have been in every election for what, the past six decades? Ridiculous that we're having to have this conversation. Her father, yes, ran about seven cycles ago and lost, and now she has taken every cycle. In every presidential cycle, there's been a Le Pen for like the last 70 years. There has been a Le Pen. In almost That's every crazy. single one. That's so nuts. How about you, Mr. Miller? Uh, thank you again so, for breaking the drive up from beautiful Sarasota. Got to come down, and uh, we yeah. got to. Right. I, I haven't been down there in a while. I got to get back down there. Let me know. We'll go out on the boat. Yeah, oh, oh, hang around. Man. I'll show you. Sign me up. I'll God, show you the already. city from you know the water instead of you know. I know. All the other good things. Normally, so. I just you know do a little rotunda. Yeah, and, but thank you, know. you for having me. The rotunda's barely even there. Okay, Nebo, thank you. I appreciate oh, it being you. on. It was <laughs> However, I want to jump you real quick. What is going on with the construction in downtown Sarasota? Oh my God! It is a nightmare right now. It's blown up like everywhere else. And well, where's the statue? Where's the where's the harassment statue? <laughs> the Me Too statue. Well, it is out in front of Marina Jacks. Uh, I didn't go that far. So yeah, so it's uh, it kind of moved uh, needed to move because of that huge roundabout, that, and that's kind of I'm sure the chaos that you're yeah. referring to. Um, Kudos to the development, but my goodness, that is a lot of construction. It's 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 blowing up. Yeah, it's a it's a, a jewel on the West Coast for sure. Oh yeah, and um, you know we certainly love it. And you know I, I I referred to it earlier. You know it's one of the places that is the quickest. Certainly, if you live here in the Brandon area, you probably can make it to Siesta Key Beach as fast or quicker than you can Clearwater. Yeah. Oh because wow. Because the yeah. difference between the interstate and the beach is only about four miles, and yeah. it's you know until you get to the bridge depending on the day sure you know you're it's you're four true. minutes to yeah, the bridge yeah. you know so yeah. uh, you really kind of don't have to go through that so i know a lot of people who uh live in the tampa area especially if you're near i-75 who who frequent uh sarasota beaches so come on down where we we love to have you you know buy keep buying houses send your parents yeah. <laughs> send your parents uh you should move there well, I, I moved there 15 years ago i said man. i beat all my friends by 35 years <laughs> yeah no kidding oh my gosh well, we, well and we enjoy uh, a metropolitan city so yes well well one of my uh one of my favorite accomplishments from when i was at senator rubio's office was helping with the renourishment of, of uh, i think it was lido beach Absolutely. um yeah. there with the city of sarasota and uh you know that was a team effort and you know got to kind of run the victory lap with the senator there for that and yeah. you know so and, and, and it's sand it, is important yeah yeah it's, and it's, it was bad man when oh, I, yeah. when i got to see it i mean i got to see it firsthand and, and then to see it 
you know, about a year or so later, uh, and re-nourished and, and looking beautiful and tons of people enjoying it. I mean, it was, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's pretty fulfilling. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, the, the beaches down there are incredible. Yeah. So I propose this, that we just cut manatee in half and you guys take <laughs> one half of manatee county. And we'll take the other. Well, why do you want a hat? Why do you want? Well, I was, well, where is the, we where, there actually is an argument. We'll there is the whole a, there actually is an argument right now about Longboat Key because Longboat oh Key gosh, is separated right. into two counties. Yes, and oh, so wow. there's a whole brouhaha down there. But I know yeah. I don't want to take your listeners' time talking <laughs> yeah. about a Sarasota manatee we'll do that struggle. In a episode. <laughs> We're not CNN. Yeah. We're not going to cover things that no one's. Can we take to. IMG right. Academy? I like uh, I like I like what they're doing down at IMG. They are doing some incredible. I, things. I do some work down there, and uh, those guys are a lot of fun. And well, so. if you come down, we, I, that's we certainly can meet. Cool. Love it. Thank (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for for watching. We'll see you back here next Monday night, uh, 7-ish, with uh, plenty more to talk about. On behalf of Jamie Miller, Anibal, David Cabrera, I'm Johnny Torres. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.